Blog Talk Radio. the Elevated Places Network. Tonight we present Ask Dr. Ava with your host, moi, Ava Muhammad, my co-host, the wonderful brother Terrence Muhammad, and of course our executive producer for tonight's program is Sister Rona Muhammad, and we are so uh, please, we, we've got a really great program for you tonight because on Tuesday we launched a new program um, on Elevated Places Network entitled A Time for Justice. And it aired uh, at 7 o'clock Central Time, 8 Eastern. This is a roundtable discussion among attorneys, black attorneys, uh, independent thinking attorneys um, who will provide the listener with insight, with enlightenment, with education, because as the scriptures read, they make mischief by means of the law, they meaning the enemy. And so... It makes, I can tell you, it makes a difference in your life uh, when you have knowledge of the law. You don't have to have a law degree or be admitted to the bar to gain um, an increase in your knowledge and understanding. And trust me, every everything from your retail shopping to maneuvering uh, through the educational system, um, your rights uh, vis-a-vis your children's uh, marriage, life, death, everything um, at some point is going to uh, cause you to encounter the legal system of the United States of America. And so this program, uh, which had its maiden voyage on Tuesday with the brilliant minds 
of Attorney Warren F. Muhammad and Attorney Michael Muhammad, both of whom are established uh, attorneys of stature, and most important of all, they are members of the Nation of Islam. And so we're going to uh, get into a further discussion of what we touched on on Tuesday. But before we go into that, let's bring up to the mic the one and only Brother Terrence Muhammad to get this thing going. Assalamu alaikum, Brother Terrence. Wa alaikum salam. And once again, we are back. We are definitely back. <laughs> and, you know, it is a time of great trouble and great joy, uh, Dr. Ava. And I say Mm -hmm. that is because as I'm walking and as I continue to walk and we are going to, you know, and we're going to continue. I just want people to know we're going to continue this conversation. uh, And Dr. Ava, and if you didn't know everyone that's listening, if y'all didn't know, Dr. Ava is going to be making sure that we continue to have these conversations around COVID-19 and the reason why we say that is because we always remind the people and encourage people to go back and study the message by the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, the criterion. And the reason why we're saying this, and I'm saying it, is because we got to not act like everything is over, everything is okay, and everything is wonderful. Yes, the sun is out. Yes, it's almost, quote, unquote, summertime. And everything is almost opening back up. But that doesn't mean that the enemy is still not working and this COVID-19 uh, is still not present amongst us. So there's a lot of people say, hey, I got my shot. You got your death shot. Yes, you did. And you still <laughs> are dealing with this COVID-19. And we know that we are not taking their vaccination. And I just wanted to start with that because as we look, at the latest edition of the Final Call newspaper. There's so much in it. It is so rich, and it's a call to action. And we have to, as the minister says on the front cover, black must no longer be a consumer nation. We must change to survive, and we have to do that which is needed for our survival because there is an orchestrated plan meaning someone has conspired and come together on how to depopulate the planet. If you want to learn more, go get your Final Call edition. Go to finalcalldigital.com, finalcalldigital.com, or just go to the finalcall.com and learn more. And with that, you can also start to hear more of this teaching and how to improve yourself to do better as we're learning better and you can always join us every Friday night at 7.30 p.m., NOI.org, and also Sunday at 10 a.m. Central, 11 a.m. Eastern on NOI.org, and back Wednesday for a time, and what must be done, 7.30 p.m., NOI.org. And, you know, very quickly, since we do have a wonderful show tonight, won't take a long time, but I did want to bring up it's a beautiful thing, Dr. Ava, when black people get involved in something. It may be slow, but once we get involved in something, the reason why our enemy doesn't want us to get involved in anything, because once we get involved in it, we take it over. 
we just take it over. So I'm looking at our yes. our precious Simone in gymnastics, seven oh U.S. God, title yes. winner, seven title winner, and now someone has already put out a picture, the first time ever all black gymnasts going to the Olympics represent the United States. Now, somebody gave him a correction, so I saw this picture on Facebook, and it was all black gymnasts going to the Olympics, and I think they said the trials were coming up. But the reality is that that many black people have the potential to be on the Olympic team, like almost all black. It is like once we get in, and then our sister is doing tricks that they can't even figure out how to do it. So the thing about it, Dr. Ava, we just want to let y'all know it's, it's not a fluke. Once that one black person got in, in, into basketball, we all came and shut it down. Once yeah. that black person got into football as a quarterback, we all came in. Baseball, we all came. <laughs> Track, Jesse Owens back then, but we all up in there. And we and don't forget about Flo Joe. But just all of the stuff that oh, we get in, we already know about Tiger Woods. But we thought it was just Venus. But then Serena came, and then all my other sisters just came into tennis and just, just conquered. So it just, it's a beautiful thing to see that, Dr. Ava. And I just love it. But I also want us to be very mindful of all of the new legislation that's going on and new bills around um, mm-hmm. voter suppression in Georgia, the filibuster and things that are going on in Virginia. Uh, our government is actively and those in position are actively trying to make sure that your rights are taken away from me or you don't have the ability to exercise yours. So while you think you're living in this wonderful country and you think that you got this wonderful President Biden and Kamala, America is still America and we are still pushing separation. So if you want to know about a new way of thinking, you know, how to deal with all this burnout around this work, go to ministerava.com so you can get some e-books and learn about things that you need to do uh, to make sure we get through this. And for me personally, Dr. Ava, we had a beautiful win after 10 years. Uh, the, the company that owns uh, uh, the Keystone Pipeline decided they're going to stop construction because of the fight of those on the ground after 10 years. And pipelines are very mm. detrimental to people of color. So that was a major win. And I remember uh, going to Nebraska in 2013 and speaking at a state hearing about the Keystone Pipeline. I remember also doing a big concert of 40,000 people near the monument in Washington, D.C., and Eve performed. And we had all these people uh, speaking out against the Keystone. And we thought we had a victory in 2015. Uh, with President Obama, and then that, you know, it started again. So now we won that. But there's other people, indigenous people in America, that are still fighting another pipeline called Line 3. And I bring that up because um, Department of Homeland Security, while these demonstrators are out there protesting this pipeline, there was literally a helicopter and FAA regulations say that if you're above people, you've got to be 500 people, feet. They actually came almost like 20 feet to the ground and kicking up dust and debris over these people out there fighting to preserve the natural resources and the natural land that is ours. And I only bring this up because sometimes we don't see the connectivity of the struggle of our people and our indigenous brothers and sisters because there's also still some fight in immigration. And I bring all of that up to say that the voice that speaks 
for not only black people, but all oppressed people throughout the world is the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan. Mm -hmm. And I have to bring this point up is because no one else is standing up boldly and strongly and pointing out who Satan is, not just saying the system in the white man, but pointing out who the killers of our people are and has been doing it for over 64 years consistently. And we know that he is a champion for all of us. And when he speaks, he speaks the truth. And on this show, the national spokesperson for the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, so you have that extension of truth. So this is a show that you should promote, that you should push, so that you can get the information that you need to not only save your lives, but your family and your friends, and actually saving the whole world. Because this is not just a local show. This is an international show because we have international people on it, and people all around the world are listening to what has to be said on here, Elevated Places with Dr. Ava. So back to you for your show. (laughs) All praise is due to our excellent, excellent presentation and segue into tonight's discussion. And, of course, uh, we have the callers uh, queuing up already. It's probably in the next 10 minutes we will be full as far as uh, callers. But, of course, uh, anyone can log in. We have an unlimited capacity for you to log in at uh, blogtalkradio.com forward slash elevated places. And so tonight, um, again, uh, we want to discuss uh, Elevated Places uh, Network's uh, first foray into programming with uh, something so critical for this hour, and that is the brilliant minds of independent thinking black lawyers uh, on the multitude of uh, challenges to what level of little bit of freedom, justice, and equality we have had in America. This is a time when even the individual rights of the Caucasian people is uh, being crushed. Minister Farrakhan uh, declared 30 years ago that the U.S. government had been hijacked, in his words, hijacked, by the multinational corporations. And nothing gives a better illustration of that reality than what is taking place with this uh, COVID-19 pandemic. Um, And so we're going to get into um, a discussion with our lawyers. um, And really, their uh, insight and it was you, Brother Terrence. I'm just going to share with everyone why we're doing this tonight, because we were discussing um, with Sister Donna Muhammad, who does the beautiful uh, graphics for the Elevated Places uh, flyer each week. And, in fact, it was her idea to even have a flyer. And we were sitting there like, duh, oh, that's a good idea. But uh, because we hadn't thought to do that. Um, And so it makes a big difference for the uh, 
viewing uh, the listening audience to know in advance what the subject is, and this prompts people to make time for something. But um, because Tuesday was the maiden voyage, and Brother Terrence had said, you know, this week's program should be the Tuesday evening program. Uh, That's right. In other words, we need to discuss these things um, to a broader audience and and push the uh, existence of this. I mean, if, if listen, if we're going to separate and have our own, um, we're not taking some Negro house servant talk radio with us. We're going to have our own, okay? And it is so awesome to see uh, not only the members of the Nation of Islam just uh, blossoming with a multitude of intelligent uh, programs that are popping up, uh, because I guess you thought because you closed Minister Farrakhan's Facebook account and uh, other social media outlets, I guess you didn't realize how extensive his base is. And beyond that, I think of people That's like right. Mr. Vicki Dillard and uh, the brother, uh, oh, my God, what is the brother's name? Um, it's his YouTube channel that Vicky's on. Boyce Watkins. Oh, yeah. Um, they... <laughs> They take on the, the, the same issues uh, that we handle in the nation, and they do it with a great deal of zest and spice. <laughs> and so uh, also, not to digress, but, you know, there are reports uh, from the NFL that the players are somewhat slow to take the vaccine. Uh, they they thought everybody would instantly get vaccinated, but of course the players association, which is headed by a black man, um, has uh, said, well, you know, there's you cannot mandate this. Okay, at at the most you can require some of these uh, guidelines, such as wearing face coverings and social distancing, but you cannot force the players to get vaccinated and the players are becoming more and more vocal. Those who have not done it. And they're saying, look, we need more information. We need more information about this. This is experimental. And of That's course, right. these are multi-million dollar uh, income per year grown men. These are not children. And, they're, they make their money with their bodies and their athleticism. And these are brothers who spend, uh, I think Russell Wilson said, he spends somewhere, Brother Terrence, around a million dollars a year uh, on his physical maintenance. Come on. You know, in terms of yeah. you know nutritionists and trainers and uh, conditioning and different types of physicians and personal coaches, uh, things of that nature. It's not just, you know, you and I may run over to L.A. Fitness or Planet Fitness or something or walk on the lake. It's not It's not even about that with them. And so if you think right. you're just going to inject something into their body and they're not going to look into it, and there's nobody uh, breaking it down, or offering a platform to those scientists who are breaking it down. 
or offering a platform among our people to those uh, organizations such as Children's Health Defense, uh, led by Attorney Robert F. Kennedy Jr., uh, these are these are groups and individuals who have also been censored, and their uh, uh, YouTube channels and Facebook pages also, like the minister, being shut down because this is a battle, a final battle between truth and falsehood, and and so this is a critical issue because. Uh, there, there are continuing efforts to force the, these vaccinations and to develop penalties uh, against you in the workplace, in the school, um, just in, in every aspect, travel, every aspect of daily life. There's an effort from this corporate-controlled government to force you uh, to allow yourself to have this medical product um, injected into your body. So we're going to talk about that tonight. And uh, with that, I want to uh, bring on our uh, legal contributor uh, for Elevated Places, um, who the listeners now eagerly look forward to hearing her reports every week, and she will be hosting and is hosting a time for justice. So with that, I want to bring on our dear sister, Attorney Pamela Muhammad, uh, to take us into tonight's discussion and to bring on our very special uh, guests who are also our brothers, fellow soldiers in the battle. Assalamu alaikum, Sister Pamela. Wa alaikum salam, Sister Dr. Ava and assalamu alaikum to you, Brother Terrence. As always, it's so good wow, to hear so your long. voice. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Thank you, yes, sir. And mm-hmm, and thank you so much, Sister Dr. Ava, for re-urging our show uh, that is presented by the Elevated Places Network, A Time for Justice. And next week on June 15th show, which is a Tuesday, I just wanted to announce that we will have a title, The Wicked Use of the Law by the Legal System, and we will have Brother Mm -hmm. Attorney Abdul Arif Muhammad, the General Counsel for the Nation of Islam, Brother Asil Muhammad, another attorney, and Sister Barbara Muhammad. Those people will be our guests for next week's show. So I'm really excited about that. And I'm very, very excited to uh, bring up our panelists, your panelists for your show today, as we discuss your article, A Call to Action, which appeared in this week's final call. And that article, as everyone is, is really buzzing about, it is a call to action as you are urging us to get involved and to really fight back on this assault, Dr. Ava. You know, one of the parts that stuck out to me is when you talked about the children and how they are really targeting our children. And we know they're targeting our children in every genocidal plot, be it from these schools, from the foster care system, and now our poor babies are being, um, you know, Mm -hmm. looked upon and their parents are being encouraged. So this is going to be a very important conversation tonight. So let me bring up our brothers. The first attorney, 
my brother, Michael K. Muhammad. Michael K. Muhammad is the owner of the Muhammad Law Firm. That's right, the Muhammad Law Firm. Brother Michael graduated cum laude from Lamar University with a Bachelor of Science degree in criminal justice, and he also graduated from law school at the Southern Methodist Mm -hmm. University School of Law. And he also practices, he's got a very diverse practice in both state and federal trial and appellate courts. He's tried cases in the federal, state courts, and before arbitration panels. Brother Michael has has successfully litigated appeals before the United States Court of Appeals for the Fifth Circuit and the Texas Court of Appeals. This brother has been practicing and working in this legal battlefield, counseling and representing national public figures for over 28 years, religious institutions, individual personal uh, professionals, small businesses, and governmental entities. Those are some of his specialties. He's also worked for the Dallas Area Rapid Transit Authority for over 15 years. He served as the assistant general counsel um, there as well. So he has direct oversight. He has had direct oversight of civil rights matters, including employment uh, and labor relations. So this is Brother Michael K. Muhammad, who is our brother from Dallas, Texas. Next, I would like to also introduce to some, (laughs) but everybody knows our attorney, Brother Warren Fitzgerald Muhammad. And Brother Warren is an attorney here in Houston, Texas. He is a honored graduate of Texas Southern University's Thurgood Marshall School of Law here in Houston. And actually, Brother Warren's practice is that of a personal injury, criminal defense, business litigation and transactional law, and entertainment law, and he actually became licensed in 1979. He makes that point. <laughs> and Brother brother Attorney Warren actually was one of a um, – he represented some two of the original members of Destiny Child, <laughs> so that's very interesting. He also yes. is very versed in all types of business entity law. This is his business law and transactional law uh, work. So he's very well versed in business entities, limited liability partners, LLCs, partnerships, limited partnerships. He is a accomplished trial attorney, and he has many not guilty verdicts. Uh, this brother also has been a judge in the municipal court. Yes, he was appointed by the mayor of Houston in 2012 and then reappointed in 2014 for that second term. So that was some a very big accomplishment for our brother as an associate judge. And finally, he is now a private practice, you know, in the private practice of law, he says he returned to the private practice of law with the law office of Warren Fitzgerald Muhammad. So these are our two brothers. Oh, and I I have to say that he is also the chairman of the board of directors and CEO of the Acres Home Chamber of Business and Economic Development. And that's a community-based non-for-profit in the historic Acres Home community here in Texas. So without further ado, those two brothers, 
I'd like to um, introduce them to the Elevated Places Network. Thank you. Assalamu alaikum. Well, alaikum salam. Assalamu alaikum. Did you, uh, mention Wa alaikum salam? This is this is so. I, I, this this really is the reason why we call this program Elevated Places. And <laughs> yes, it's ma'am. Just amazing the, the talent, the skill, the brilliance that uh, right. the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan has as his help. But did I, because I turned away briefly, did you mention uh, the Clayman case with Brother Michael, Sister Pamela? You know what? He, I read his brief bio, so he didn't put it on there, Sister uh, Dr. Ava. Well, he's humble. I just want to say this. He is. I just want to say that Brother Michael has successfully defended the Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan, and in a recent case where a uh, white attorney attempted to connect, uh, a couple of years ago, if you all remember, there was a police shooting where, a, where some police officers were killed by a shooter, and the shooter uh, happened to be a black man, and um, there was an attempt to connect that Killing, and he had been the the shooter had been in the U.S. military, and um, th- that's a whole other issue in terms of his mental state. But and he was killed by the police. But there was an effort to connect Minister Farrakhan and the teachings of the Honorable Elijah Muhammad to the actions of the shooter. And I just want to say that Brother Attorney Michael Muhammad, along with uh, Brother Arif, uh, who will be on next week with you. Um, successfully uh, defended the ministry against against that charge and got that case dismissed. Um, Brother Warren, um, who has a book, The Case for Separation, because, you know, this is a big separation program, Brother Warren. <laughs> uh, and Brother Warren is himself an expert on the subject of separation and, in fact, uh, put together a PowerPoint presentation that he permitted me to use several years ago for a lecture in Mosque Mariam. So th- this is this is how real um, the capabilities of our guests tonight, and we all know Sister Pamela and her incredible work, particularly on behalf of families, youth, and children. So I just wanted to say that uh, before we go further. And and so, you know, we've been talking about COVID, and I know the brothers are going to share with us some insight about the legal mandates and this whole issue. Um, I did learn something since the article um, about citizens' petition, because when we... um, put the article out, and a lot of the believers went to sign the petition. That's what they expected to be asked to do, is to electronically sign uh, the petition uh, that is demanding that the FDA withdraw these vaccines from the market. And I just wanted to explain what I learned about 
citizen petition uh, because I've explained so many times in the last couple of days that this is not a petition you sign. It is a petition that you comment on. You actually express your views. Well, this type of petition, citizen petition, is unique to the FDA, which is the U.S. Food and Drug Administration. And it is the Food and Drug Administration, of course, which has authorized these deadly experimental vaccines to to be in the stream of commerce and in the marketplace. And one of the reasons that these vaccines are free, they're not free. They were paid for by U.S. taxpayers because the U.S. government paid Big Pharma for these drugs. They, They made and are making billions of dollars and probably will make trillions by the time uh, this scheme uh, is brought to a halt. Um, but the citizen petition is something, is a, is a process that the FDA uh, uses for both individuals and community organizations to ask them to change health policy. And there's a federal law, Title 21, of the Code of Federal Regulations where you see that described. But here's what I think is interesting. The pharmaceutical companies routinely use this citizen petition process to prevent generic drugs to get into the U.S. marketplace. Because the uh, big pharma, they uh, want their brands to be the only option for the consumer when they are prescribed with some kind of medication. So I just wanted to uh, open up, Sister Pamela, the the discussion with that and then basically uh, have you uh, turn it back over to you to moderate so that our listeners can get an idea of what Tuesday nights at 7 o'clock is going to be like. Oh, yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. So we had been, um, on Tuesday, we discussed the article, A Call to Action, as well as speaking about the lawsuit that was filed in Houston, Texas, that Sister Charlene Muhammad actually did a wonderful story about the lawsuit filed by employees of a hospital here because they were either yes. threatened to either take the vaccine or they would be terminated. Um, and so these employees, many of the quotes were that they did not want to take the vaccine, that they, that they felt like it was illegal. And actually they um, have been suspended, but they have a really good lawsuit and they're fighting back in court. And so the brothers, yes. brother Michael, he talked to us on Tuesday about the legalities of employers and some of how the EEOC has actually put forth um, 
what the rules are about people being vaccinated uh, or whether or not a private company can force their employees in the workplace. So I think it would be great to have him open up that discussion for us because it gives great commentary to the listeners on um, EEOC guidelines. And can you explain what EEOC is? Um, sure. And EEOC is actually the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission, which we have really seen them a lot with the discrimination lawsuits where, you know, if you're racially discriminated against, if you're harassed in your workplace, then they have been the people to file complaints with. And so now the question has been put before them whether or not it is uh, lawful for a private employer to actually mandate vaccination. So the EEOC, that is, that's who that is, Equal Employment Opportunity Commission, Brother Terrence. So, Brother Michael, could you share some of that information uh, with the, the listeners, please? And assalamu alaikum to you, Brother Michael. Wa-alaikum salam to you, Sister Pamela, and I want to extend my greetings to our beloved Sister Ava and Brother Terrence and also Brother Warren, and I extend my greetings to all of your listening audience. I'm very thankful and appreciative for the opportunity uh, to appear with you tonight. The EEOC, the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission, has oversight over Title VII of the Civil Rights Act, which prohibits discrimination based on race, sex, national origin, religion, genetic information, and also the Americans with Disabilities Act. Anytime an employee desires to pursue a lawsuit against his or her employer, the first thing the employee must do is complain to the EEOC. If you don't file your uh, your original um, complaint or, uh, with the EEOC within the time period allotted, and generally for most people it's 180 days in some places where they have a uh, state agency that does work similar to the EEOC, your timeline can be 300 days. So that's uh, something that depends, but that's always the starting point. Now, speaking specifically about vaccines, the EEOC issues guidance to employers, and the key word is guidance. It's not necessarily law, but it's something that most employers will try to adhere to. In the context of vaccines, it's not a question of whether or not an employer can mandate a vaccine. The law is settled that that an employer can mandate a vaccine. The relevant question is whether an employer can mandate an experimental vaccine. In the climate that we're in today, that is the question that's ultimately going to have to be addressed. Now, recently, I think it was June 1st, the EEOC issued updated guidance. Their updated guidance provided specifically that an employer can mandate a COVID-19 vaccine. However, they also articulated certain exceptions, which aren't new exceptions. These exceptions have always existed. One is a religious exemption, and two is a uh, medical reason, 
And three, you have to take into consideration other law. So they didn't define or go into specifics about, quote, unquote, other law. But for our purposes, I'd like to talk a little bit about the religious exemption and what a person should do should they desire to claim the religious exemption. Now, for many of us, for most of us, for all of us who are Muslims, I actually want to begin with the Holy Quran. And Sister Ava was speaking earlier about how the law affects every aspect of a person's life from birth until death. The Bible, the Holy Quran, they serve as the root of the law, and and, and that's not our discussion today. But if you go into those books, you'll find that much of the law is rooted in both the Bible and the Holy Quran. But for us, we know that the Quran provides that we have an obligation to obey the messenger. And he who obeys the messenger indeed obeys Allah. Now that for us, other religions may say it differently. They may have uh, another uh, um, perspective that leads to the, the same conclusion. The Quran further instructs us that if we believe, we have to respond to both Allah and his messenger when he calls you to that which gives life. And we must know that Allah comes between a man and his heart. And then I think what's relevant in this regard is sometimes you'll be tried. You'll be tried with fear. You'll be tried with loss of property. You'll be tried with threats to your life. But give good news to the patient. And finally, Allah is the one who gives life and he causes death. Now, for us, we are believers, and we are commanded and directed to obey Allah. And we believe that we have a religious duty to preserve our lives. So since we believe in Allah and obedience to the messenger is obedience to Allah, we must indeed obey the messenger. The messenger said, do not take their vaccine." Do not allow them to vaccinate you with their history of treachery. So herein lies our foundation. Now, what do you do with that, with your employer? So let's say you work for ABC Company, and ABC Company says, we want you to take a vaccine to come to work. You need to immediately say that I have a religious exemption, and I um, need a reasonable accommodation. At that point, the employer, as a best practice, they should have a discussion with you about the best means for accommodating you, though they aren't required to have that discussion under Title VII. But under the ADA, they are required to sit down with you and have a discussion through what's called an interactive process. Now, the EEOC itself, within its guidance, listed um, some reasonable accommodations for persons who do not desire to take an experimental vaccine. One would be allowing the um, continued use of masks. Another would be making sure that the employee stays six feet away 
from other persons. It's all dependent on the facts and circumstances of the particular um, situation and the same accommodation that works for one may not work for another. But you have an obligation to obey Allah and his messenger and to tell your employer that you need an accommodation. At that point, they have a duty to accommodate you unless it would cause an undue hardship. For most large employers, it's going to be difficult uh, for them to show that, say, a change in schedule or wearing a mask would cause an undue hardship. For smaller employers, it may be something that's more likely, you know, that somebody that only has 15 or 20 employees. So I just wanted um, to open um, with that, Sister Pamela, and then we can go uh, further into it as needs be as the discussion progresses. Oh yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you. And and brother Warren, now what? I'm sorry. Did uh, someone have something else to say? No, go ahead, sister. Yeah, because I know with you, brother Warren, you do a lot of personal injury um, work. And one of the things that sister Ava pointed out in her article was this direct causal connection um, that many that is being shown between the numbers of deaths and this product. And so we've got over 5,000 people dying, uh, according to the bears, where they're saying only 1% have actually been reported, and also over 200,000 adverse events. And so in a personal injury context, how just outrageous is that to see that, you know, a product causing this death, and there's no liability, there's there's no ceasing in the market, um, you know, can you share with us from that perspective, sir? Yes, ma'am. Uh, again, assalamu alaikum to all. Uh, thank you, Sister wow. Ava, Sister Pamela, and Brother Terrence for inviting me on your show. And uh, Sister Pamela, I'm going to ask next time. The next time I'm on a show with Brother Michael, please call me first because he's a hard act to follow. Like, <laughs> no, like coming on the stage no, after Prince. I mean, how do you follow that, right? <laughs> <laughs> but I want to also take up on your question. To take up on your question and some of the things that Michael, uh, brother Michael, alluded to, uh, the article that Sister Abel wrote, uh, I read it initially when it came out. You know, you can read something, but then you go back and really read it. And I have to commend you, Sister Abel. This is a wonderful, powerful, and impactful article, and there's so many layers to it. And one of the things in it is that uh, it states that more than 98% of the population are sufficiently young, under 50, healthy, or COVID recovered. So the media has portrayed this this uh, virus as a death sentence when you catch it, and that's not to dismiss mm-hmm. or, or or belittle the lives that have been lost. But statistically speaking, most people who get the virus will and do recover. So it's not the death, it's not the automatic death sentence that is being uh, betrayed. So it, the article further makes reference to the, the petition by the Children's Defense Organization as to the emergency use authorization being illegal. So I pulled up the... Uh, I went to the FDA website, and I pulled up emergency use authorization. 
And it first starts out by saying that the, the vaccines are experimental and have not gone through the proper uh, procedures and processes to be FDA approved. So they start approval under an emergency use authorization. The FDA says under Section 564 of the Federal Food, Drug, and Cosmetic Act, when the Secretary of Health and Human Services declares that an emergency use authorization is appropriate, FDA may authorize unapproved medical products or unapproved uses of approved medical products to be used in an emergency to diagnose, treat, or prevent serious or life-threatening diseases or conditions caused by a CBRN threat agency. And this is the key. It says when certain criteria are met, and it lists those criteria and says that including that there are no adequate, approved, and available alternatives. So we think mm-hmm. that that is, is key because one of the criteria for emergency mm-hmm. use authorization is there have to be a showing that there are no adequate, available alternatives. And this, the government and the big pharma has failed to do. Not only did they fail to do it, they made no attempt to do it. As stated in the article, it says, how could they have overlooked or remained silent to investigate ivermectin's use in treating COVID for over a year? Is that they chose to turn a blind eye to any available and adequate uh, approved not approved, available and adequate alternatives so that they could get the authorization that they desired. And another key term in this is that it has to be approved. So how do you get around that? You just refuse to approve anything else. So therein lies the mischief in the law as it's written because it's certainly there are available treatment modalities there are alternative treatment modalities, but the government has failed to approve them by an act of omission, which then seeks to qualify its vaccines as being necessary under an emergency use authorization. Uh, not only is there ivermectin, we know that there's the use of interferon, low-dose alpha interferon as a treatment modality for COVID. The Honorable Minister Louis Farrakhan in his July 4th address, the criterion made reference to the use of low-dose alpha interferon by Cuba, and who was then taking it to other countries throughout the world and proving its effectiveness. But because of politics, the United States not only will not uh, approve the use of interferon as used by Cuba, they won't even allow the American public to know about it and have a healthy discussion yeah. on the use of it. So uh, and I'll, I'll be brief with this, but we had a at, at the nonprofit that Sister uh, Pamela alluded to, the Acres Home Chamber, we did a podcast and had Dr. Keeley, of course, who's in the nation, and we had a frontline medical uh, provider, a doctor, who said that she was on the front line treating COVID, and we we raised the subject of interferon and this doctor knew nothing about it. 
had no inkling of anything we were even talking about because the only information medically that she received was that which was coming through the traditional lines of medicine through uh, the medical community here in the United States. So it's by an act of omission and an act of just straight out uh, refusal to acknowledge the existence of other alternatives. I'll close with this on this point. I contracted the virus in June of last year, and I, I was really weakened by, by a bout with uh, mold exposure, which caused me to have a cough and weakened my immune system. Then I caught the virus. So I had a really rough time with a, a severe coughing uh, reflex during the virus. Mm. And I took the interferon product. There are two available that I know of through the nation. There's the Paximune, which is uh, distributed through Dr. Aleem, and there's also Immunoboost 100, which is developed and distributed through our brother Victor Muhammad, a Muslim in the nation. I took the the uh, Immunoboost 100, and within 24 hours of taking it, I began to feel better. And then shortly after that, I tested negative. They x-rayed my lungs. My lungs were healthy. They were still beat up. I had to get my breathing capacity back. But I'm a living testament to the fact that there are alternative treatments available, but the government refuses to to investigate, popularize, or even make this information known so that they can uh, go forward with their plan to use these vaccines. So I'll, I'll close with that and then be available for further discussion on it. I mean, Sister Pam, can I jump in here right quick? I think she's still there. Sister well, Pam, I wanted to... I'm sorry, I'm on mute. Yes, that was powerful. Okay. Per... That was on top of everything. That was some powerful personal testimony. But go yeah, ahead, brother. Terry. That was. No, and, and and that's what I wanted to say. It is like I. It's is is I, I always say this. I love my squad. And and I say that I love the beauty of hearing us. And the reason why, you know, mm. and I, I had jumped in when Sister Pamela was doing the EOC, um, the, the mm-hmm. standard, the, the, the thing is because I work with a lot of health practitioners and they're talking about the APHA and the different things and, you know, medical health, you know, just different things. I always want people to know what it is. And another reason why I wanted people to know what the acronym is is because I want them also, the listeners, to know these are not just Muslims per se, just Muslims that know the teachings. These are skilled Muslims in their field of expertise. So when you're hearing this, not only are they bringing their skill sets and laying out the institutions that they work in and know the law, know the system and know it very well, they're also now – strategically and surgically working it and dealing with it with the mind that has been given to them by the most honorable Elijah Muhammad and the minister. So you're not just dealing with just regular attorneys on here. And that's the beauty of that. So just listening to our brother, that last testimony, I had it. And then I used something that we are letting people know about that healed me. So, I mean, it just, I'm just, right. I just want to give a testament to me, to both of them that it, it always makes me feel good, Dr. Ava, that, like, when the enemy comes, which way you want to come? We got doctors. 
We got lawyers. Oh, we got a mayor. Oh, we got policemen. Oh, we got whatever you want in the nation that can defend the teaching from any platform that you want to bring your platform on. Youth basketball, we can go on the court. However you want to come. Yes, we sir. got That's right. one. So I just appreciate uh, Attorney Pamela bringing this platform and having this platform because sometimes we say, well, mm-hmm. I know what the teachers say, but what does the one. law say? What does the law say? So we got we to gotta have that conversation. <laughs> so if you need that, we got yes, that for you. And, and that's, that's where we're going right here. And that's the beauty of Dr. Ava not only having this on the show, but then having an extension on Tuesday night as we started this past Tuesday. Yes, sir. All praise is due to a lot, Brother Terrence. That is excellent. And as always, coming from you, because you are such an expert in your field, and we just appreciate your contributions as always. You know, and and as you are saying, as lawyers, we know that, okay, anytime we've got these manufacturers, these vaccine manufacturers who totally absolve themselves from any liability, and as Sister Ava pointed out in her article, uh, 53 people died in ni- as a result of the 1976 swine flu pandemic. These people were vaccinated, and and after 53 deaths, these you know they canceled they canceled the vaccine. And so you know when we look at from a legal perspective, a product that is already causing so many deaths and so many adverse reactions. And then the next thing you're seeing, they're talking about, oh, the, it wasn't expected that so many young people would have heart inflammation. This is a new uh, report from the Moderna and the Pfizer vaccine. It was reported on Reuters. So, again, this is plainly a experiment, but even more, it's an experiment that is causing death. And people are they're trying to keep you from having any liability, any recourse. And, and so this is a, from a trial lawyer's standpoint, from a personal injury law standpoint, mm. anytime you cause an injury, there must be accountability. And so as this lady said, yeah. and Brother, Brother Michael, I know you have some input on this as well, as this lady who filed, Ms. Bridges, who filed the lawsuit in Houston, she said people trying to force you to put something into your body to keep a job. She said she'd rather be 80 years old on her deathbed knowing that she did the right thing rather than doing mm. something for money or to keep a job. She said mm. it's just not that important. So with these type of risks, uh, Brother, Brother Michael, from a you know, personal injury lawyer standpoint, don't we see some um, real causation, some real problems with the risk that they're asking people to to accept. Sister Pamela, one of the things that we know is that the manufacturers of the vaccine have immunity. So right. they are absolved from any responsibility and you're limited to a vaccine injury court um, in the event you think you suffer an injury and that's kind of a kangaroo-type situation. However, I think relevant for our discussion is if an employer requires an employee to be vaccinated and the employee suffers an adverse event or death as a result of being vaccinated, is the employer then liable? 
Now, that's something that will have to be determined um, as we go forward, and I'm sure there will probably um, be some litigation along those lines if employers mandate that thing and one of the employees actually suffer um, either an adverse event or death after taking the vaccine. It's very important uh, for all of the listeners to know that this is not an approved vaccine. It does right. not have yeah. FDA approval. It, it's not approved. It has not been shown to be safe. It has not been shown to be effective. You've basically become a part of the experiment if you allow them to vaccinate you. Now, the other thing that I'd like to mention is that the Occupational Safety and Health Administration, which is another federal agency that oversees safety-related matters for employers, um, also recently issued new guidance. And their guidance requires that any employer that mandates giving a COVID vaccine mandates that their employees receive this experimental COVID-19 vaccine, and then the employee suffers an adverse event um, as a result, they have to report it as being a work-related injury. Reporting it as a work-related injury ultimately hurts the employer because they're required to maintain a certain safety standard and safety record. So in the um, contracting community, say contractors as an example, many of them are now um, concerned about mandating a vaccine because of the OSHA regulations, which will require them to report it as being a work-related injury. And then you have, you know, the workers' compensation coming to play. Um, If a person is forced to take a vaccine as a condition of employment and or injured. So these are things that will have to be um, determined as we go forward. Uh, but I say to employees, don't allow them to vaccinate you. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And go ahead. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. I, I'd like to also add to that and, and hopefully try to answer the question you originally asked me from the standpoint of a personally injured lawyer uh, as it relates uh, to this PrEP Act, which grants uh, the farmers uh, big farmer immunity. Uh, in my practice, in over 41 years now, I have found no mechanism has the ability to bring what's done in the darkness to light like civil litigation. That's right. Even mm-hmm. a, in, a criminal, in a criminal law case, a case can go to trial in criminal court, and at the end of the case, there can be a jury verdict, and no one in the courtroom really know whatever even happened. Mm. In a civil litigation through the tools of discovery, everything that has happened can be discovered. That's right. you, can force, you can force a person to turn over all of their documents, their internal memorandum, their emails, their texts. You can call them as, as witnesses in depositions and ask them, Questions ad infinitum. You can call the the uh, head of the corporation in and make him first answer interrogatories, produce their documents, and then depose them and question them on all of it. What is done in the darkness comes to light, and it's through That's the right. process of litigation 
that this is done, which is the reason why there's been such an effort over the past uh, years to limit uh, access to juries, to limit jury trials, to force people into arbitration agreements and mediation. And there is a role for mediation and, and uh, alternative dispute resolution. But when you can actually get in front of that jury and go through that process of discovery, they can't hide. It is through personal injury cases that there is a, a label on cigarettes that say cigarette smoking is dangerous to your health. That's because they forced, those, forced them to turn over the evidence that they had that tobacco was leading to cancers and what have you. The reason That's certain right. vehicles are no longer on the market, the, the Pinto had a, had a gas tank right above the rear bumper, so every time there was a rear-end collision, the cars were exploding. Mm-hmm. And through discovery, they found out that the manufacturers knew it, but they calculated they could save more money by paying off settlements than by making the changes on millions of automobiles. So I'm a strong proponent of, of the personal injury lawsuits and the fact that they have to have this immunity is atrocious, and we see the same thing with regard to the conduct of police officers and this uh, this yeah. immunity that they have. So that's the fight that we yes, definitely sir. have to engage in is to eliminate these uh, yeah. uh, immunities that are there to prevent us from knowing the truth. That's right. I, I think yeah, that's such a powerful. Sister Pamela, oh, I need yeah, um, yeah. to add, add something. When I was mentioning OSHA and their guidance, I also needed to mention that they backtracked on their guidance. After issuing the guidance, they backtracked. But in any event, the the same questions are are still there, whether the employer can be held liable. Uh, Those questions still remain to be answered. Yes, sir. And and Sister Dr. Ava was going to go ahead and speak. Yes, ma'am. Yes, I I just wanted to say how uh, what an important point it is about civil litigation, um, and I love that that phrasing, bringing what's done in the darkness into the light, because I have questioned uh, consistently, you know, just talking with other lawyers in the nation and people on the council, et cetera. The only one of the problems I have is that sometimes we get caught up in the, the settlement process and it's hurting our ability to get to the truth when we do these settlements because that is such an excellent point about the the power of the discovery process in civil litigation uh, yes, through depositions, um, through the, the the widespread ability to call witnesses who are even remotely connected you know with with the the injury or the wrongful death and i just i just think that's a good point uh to bring out and it's in, it's interesting cuz my daughter is coming out of Howard University and she's going to Howard Law and i told her cuz there's a few uh muslim students that are in the law school now first year so she'll be right behind them and i said you all need to get together and form a firm and go after uh, these matters to the root, you know, but you have to be willing uh, to undergo the expense and the stress 
of litigation, but I, I just appreciate that, that you all brought that out. Because that, I think that's hurting us in these police shootings, that we're, we're, we're accepting the settlements in advance of the criminal action. Um, yes, ma'am. When it, I think we would just, there's more to it than the payment. It's getting to the root of, of what is going on in these police departments. Yes, ma'am. That is so beautiful. And and so as what you and Brother Warren are both saying um, also is how, so this is why these vaccine manufacturers are denying the ability of the public to even know what's going on, to actually get to the root. They don't mm-hmm. even want to be brought into court to have to reveal the, the facts. And so that alone mm-hmm. is something that should alarm us. Because as Brother Michael also said That's about right. the waiver, like would these employers who so-called want to mandate a vaccine, are they going to be willing to take liability for the adverse reactions if that occurs? And in this case with the Methodist uh, Hospital, this uh, Sister Charlene's article plainly says Methodists wanted these employees to waive liability from Methodists. So how can a employer mandate something but then not want to take any responsibility for if you have a bad reaction? So that that is just unconscionable, um, Sister Ava. And I think it leads to the next point that your article brings up so well is how the labeling and the mislabeling of these vaccines as safe oh and effective yeah, I hate it. and and how mm-hmm. they've also been labeled in the media as they're so-called approved when like brother warren said no it's really emergency use authorization which is plainly different and to me that just brings up a concept we have in law called deceptive trade practices that's plainly deceptive you've got to you're you're bringing people in and misleading so that that was part of that petition i i saw and um, does anyone want to comment on on that any further? Because it is a huge issue of misleading our people, especially our people. I, I, would, I would like to add just briefly uh, yes, ma- to, yes, to something Sister Ava just, just alluded to. And I think it was uh, uh, the great Charles Hamilton who talked about the the, the, social, the relevance of of lawyers and mm. how lawyers should how we should take our profession. And he talked about lawyers being social. I, I think he said social activists or social engineers. That's right. Throughout yeah. our function in the law, and I, w- I try to tell uh, as many younger lawyers as I can. It's not just about the money, as Mister Ava just said. I'm not one who's big on protesting and, and lawyers being activists out in the street. I think our activism comes in pursuing with dogged determination uh, in our role as lawyers in litigating these issues so that we can uncover the truth of what has actually taken place. So I just kind of wanted to add that that in terms of the, uh, how we should take our profession. It's an honored profession. Don't let, it, don't let anybody tell you anything else because it is quite an honor to be a lawyer, especially, in my opinion, a trial lawyer. Yes, sir. That's beautiful. Yes, sir. And, and like you're saying, many times with these litigations we see, I know in my personal experience, some of the things that we uncover 
during litigation, such as uh, police brutality and internal, you know, lying, how they lie on police reports or, you know, they have these documents. Well, when you initially bring these cases, it may be um, not as known to the public, but by and large, a year later, two years later, the truth begins to, you know, become more and more known. And so it's important to stand on the truth at the time, even though your impact might seem small, but it always grows. Um, because if, That's if right. well, Sister Ava, I don't, you know, what about the comments now we're seeing in the news about this lab and the emails that were actually sent or supposedly sent, this is what the news is, is saying, they're showing that initially the news said that no way this, virus came from a lab, but now it's, it's you know, becoming more and more total change story. Now, now it's here. So sometimes, you know, the more you push, the truth is continuing to evolve. The, the deaths are coming out, and that's why it's so important to push to get to the truth. That's, that's what I think. Yes. But, you know, back to your issue, the question you raised about uh, the article where this uh, illegal um, act throughout the the media, you know, of course, here we're dealing with multinational corporations again mm-hmm. that yes, um, own the media outlets. Um, <laughs> 77% of the revenue that the news outlets bring in, the Today Show, CNN, these kind of stations, 77% of their revenue is from Big Pharma. And if you think about it, if you ever watch morning or evening news, you're not going to get through it without a drug commercial. That's true. They're going to sell you a pill, and they're going to uh, – they. They have these narratives, like stories, uh, showing a, a, a person and they're suffering from some sort of condition or disease, and it's making life uh, impossible. And then they take the pill or the injection, and now they're playing with their children. They're going on vacation with their siblings. They're out with their wife or husband or boyfriend or girlfriend, and life is just dandy. And then in this low whisper, talking faster than an auctioneer, they're telling you how this drug may have side effects or may, there may be fatal events. And as Dr. Rizzi Muhammad always says, how many fatal events can a person have? You, you only have one. <laughs> uh, so I don't know why they're using the plural. You know? <laughs> but um, – this, this this is, you know, as I've said many times, there's two countries on this planet where you can sell drugs directly to the people, and that's the United States and New Zealand. It is against the law everywhere else for these drug dealers to, you know, take this purple pill and, ooh, you're going to be dancing and with your with your husband. I mean, it's amazing what they get away with, and... The latest and most blatant is, and and they're really focused on the black net, so-called black networks. They're not black-owned, but it's black so-called entertainment as BET and TV One, 
which really they're just showing reruns of old black comedies and this kind of thing. But these commercials are outrageous. You know, I saw one the other day with uh, an, a, a woman who said, I trust my doctor. And my doctor said, take the vaccine. It's safe and effective. I mean, the, the exact language that's prohibited, as uh, Brother Warren talked about earlier, it can't be safe and effective. The thing that qualifies it for emergency use is the fact that there hasn't been time. Yes, ma'am. For the appropriate trials, which generally take somewhere around 10 years. And one of the things that has come out in the course of all this, there have been reports that, you know, when they first started testing for the mRNA, the the reason they claim they pretty much bypassed the animal testing they didn't bypass it. The animals were dying at such an alarming rate that they abandoned it. Because when, when you have, uh, uh, your product is killing animals at an at a, at a extreme high rate, you're never going to be allowed to test it on humans. So you, you're not even going to get past square one. And so they, they just abandoned it. They hid it in the closet and went straight to people. And so just like Tuskegee, we are the clinical trials. That's right. You know, the, these 200 million doses that they've administered, that is the clinical trial. And we're just seeing the tip of the iceberg in because we're just seeing the immediate effects. Yes, but as history has shown, these the, the the real serious side effects of vaccines really start showing up in the next generation, right. as did cancer uh, with the polio vaccine. Mm. You know, and Dr. Ava, it's very interesting that you, you know, it's very interesting that you said something about commercials because I literally, because of the whole issue with George Floyd last year, a lot of major corporations and a lot of organizations across the country are now engaging in a lot of diversity, quote-unquote, uh, trainings and racial equity trainings and how can we either support your fundings or learn or whatever. And I literally was on a call today because of some work that I do with a health disparities group um, to have a conversation yes, about what should pharmaceuticals, if we had this conversation, this um, mediated conversation with the pharmaceutical um, companies. And I was on a call with um, medical people, professors of health, professors uh, in uh, health education and chief oncologists and all this kind of stuff that I work with. And one of the things that came up was what you just just said. It's like not only the outrageous uh, prices, but the the legalities of them being free to be sued. But not, but also the commercials that they run. Like they're just so free to run all these different kinds of commercial, and particularly targeting our community or people's community, and even to the point of them 
going to hospitals and soliciting, you know, doctors or physicians or whatever hospital institution to take these drugs. So it's very interesting when you say that. So the language that we're using with the attorney, Brother Michael and Brother Warren, to really go into what the language is, because when you say, like, people are like, oh, no, my doctor said I should take it. It's this and this. If we don't know the technical <laughs> yeah. language, then anybody can deceive us and fool us because they say this is a vaccine, you know, this is this is good, this is what they have said, mm-hmm. and this is what they have said. But we haven't read the fine print, and that's why – you never go into court and say, you got a lawyer? It's not that you can't probably try or say your own story, but do you know the legal process? Do you know what needs yes, to be sir. said and not yes, to be sir. said at the time it needs to be said and when it needs to be filed? Come on. All of those things. So that's why this conversation that we're having is very key, but it just made me bring up the conversation, literally a Zoom conversation a day, a prep call before we talk to some pharmaceutical companies. Hmm. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Cause well, I sir. know you. Go ahead. No, you go ahead. Yes, ma'am. Well, I was just gonna ask well, I was just Brother Michael. Point out, we got some callers. We got to get to. Yes, ma'am. And that's. I'll just uh, definitely got to get your callers. So I'll just defer. <laughs> yes, ma'am. <laughs> and if we got, well, we have the, time. This program is this particular episode because you all are really providing the people um, with such insight, and this is helpful. This is seriously helpful to learn about your workplace, to learn about religious exemptions, and because we have to to know how to fight. You got to have a a toolbox. You got to have some ammunition. You got to have a a weapon. So when you get hit, you got to be able to hit back. The Holy Quran said, fight with those who fight with you. And, you know, I closed this uh, article with the minister's words during the criterion when he was challenging Alan Dershowitz, who's the national spokesperson for Big Pharma, who's running around saying, we're going to force you. He just got beside himself, but going back to law and attorneys. They had an attorney running around in the early days, laying the base for this vaccine, and they didn't expect, I don't know when they're going to learn, they didn't expect Minister Louis Farrakhan to step up and go toe-to-toe with big pharma, big government, and say, you come this way, and it's war. And he said to us, quote, you only have this one life. Fight like hell to keep it and fight like hell to destroy those whose heart and mind is to destroy you and take your life from you. So don't take the vaccines. And so we need an understanding, as Brother Terrence said, it's not that we're unintelligent, but I don't know medical terms. I've learned so much about molecular biology and virology and all that, that I had no idea. But having to uh, deal with this instrument of death, we all have learned a lot. And I think it's, it's leveled the playing field because that sacred profession 
the medical profession, which we know was was raped and, and murdered in the early 20th century by the big, uh, powerful, the Rockefellers, the Carnegies, and the, the, they invaded that profession. And as the Honorable Elijah Muhammad said, he said, my aim is to destroy it because it is not a, a, a culture of healing. It is a culture of drugs. They changed the whole uh, structure and content of medical school. They shut down black medical schools. They reduced down to a, almost nothing the number of black physicians and nurses and health care providers. And now we all line up outside of Walgreens and CVS Pharmacy and Walmart. The whole country's on drugs, and you never get well. So the doctors have become licensed drug dealers. And as Chris Rock said, when the when the customer tells the 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 doctor what to give you you're not a doctor you're a drug dealer because that's what what you do on the corner give me an ounce of that weed the customer tells you what they want exactly you're a healer you you learn the customer and you tell them this is what you need what doctors now ask you what do you eat and how do you eat what kind of sleep do you get? What kind of life do you live? They don't even ask you any of that. My foot hurts. Take this pill. And that's it. So anyway, uh, we got a, we got people waiting to talk to our guests, and we're going to start with Brother Daryl. Assalamualaikum, right, so Brother Daryl. Well, like Salam, how you doing, Sister Doc? And Brother Chance. Oh, I'm wonderful all, with this brilliant thing here. Praise be to Allah. Uh, I listened to our brother, Attorney, speaking about, and he took me back when he spoke about the Pinto. I remember when there was a hot car at that time, and they, and like he said, they'd rather pay off uh, 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 Sue then to get to the bottom because they care more about the money than they do mm. about the lives of the people. Uh, it's just that it's said how we are getting caught up. And and when you spoke about how, you know, we obey the messenger, we obey in our law. And when the minister spoke out and said we will not take your vaccine, it's like uh, they're covering themselves when they say you can't sue. So if you can't sue, but you're rushed to take a shot at a church. Now the churches open up their doors. You go to Walmart. You go to CVS. It's everywhere that you can go get the shot now. Yes. But what we was allowed through the nation, through Cuba, they don't have no uh, stipulation saying that if you get sick or just don't work, you can't work. Too. So, so why won't you uplift what Cuba is doing? They don't have no nothing back on saying you can't sue, but here it is. They're telling you this is a experiment drug, but if you get injured or die from it, you can't sue. And people run into that. It's almost like you speak about a drug dealer. Um, seen a lot coming up in life. If somebody OD'd off of heroin, 
they say what house it come from, and our people run to that. But you done heard somebody just died from an uh, overdose of taking this bad drug, but they, they won't death. And it's sick how we respond to that kind of uh, uh, activity. Mm-hmm. So it's just sad how we are getting caught up, but I think a lot for the show because without this, our people wouldn't be knowing what's going on because the church is not speaking out like the Nation of Islam against this drug. They're not telling us we should check into this. Yes, and and I and I love it about our uh, uh, N, uh, NBA, all of them that they're speaking out that we're not going to take it, you know, and they're getting mad. But our people are getting more information. I think a lot for your show because this information gets out and it's helping our people. A lot of my family members here in Florida is taking the shot, and I said, oh, you know, you can't tell them. No more than what you could tell them, they still take. Well, I had the, uh, got sick with the uh, virus and I almost died, so now I'm taking it. But if you made it through that, that means God got you. So why would you take the shot exactly. if you came through? I don't, I don't want to get sick again and die. But right quick, did you hear about what happened to Trump? It's all over Facebook. Uh, I don't know. They're making uh, jokes about it, but he was doing a speech. And when he walked off, they noticed he had his hands on backwards. And uh, they say, is it his age or what was he doing? They had to rush out and put his hands on backwards and not knowing it. So they brought up a little comedy about crisscross. You know, they were young boys were doing it because there was a fad. But here he was a grown man up in age, and he's <laughs> coming off talking, uh, making a speech, and he got his pants on backwards. So they got that all over Facebook. So I don't know what that is about, but it's saying the man must be getting up in age. Uh, he's talking so much against people, he don't realize he's backwards. <laughs> but uh, all praise due to Allah. Yeah. I love you all, and, and uh, we all stay safe and uh, are waiting on and can't wait till we get through this and uh, get separated and do for self. I still am like so. Yes, sir. All right, we've got Sister Ula, one of our Really popular callers. Are you there? We didn't go to sleep on us. Okay. Assalamualaikum, sister. Can you hear me? Assalamualaikum. Yeah, I was scared because sometimes you can't hear me. I wanted to say this. In our MGT classes in the first, they drilled in uh, the bean soup has everything in it that your body needs to sustain you. We heard this over and over again. I have my bean soup. I have my Carlson's uh, uh, Cod Liver Oil Tablets and my uh, vitamin C and my oranges are either the emergency vitamin C. And since this pandemic hit, I have not even had a cold. All praise are due to Allah. Yes, ma'am. Mm-hmm. And the messenger said, exercise yes. to eliminate the problems we came into the nation with. So I do my 1,400 bicycles and 200 of this and that and the other. And all praises to Allah for the Honorable Elijah Muhammad. And I thank you, Sister Ava. You have really been a lot of support in a time when we're going through a nation's crisis. 
Assalamu alaikum and I wish you and the members of your family and others that's on this call the very best. Oh, by the way, Brother Warren, I didn't hear the introduction. Can you tell me, are you an attorney? Yes, ma'am. I'm an attorney. Oh, praise yeah. Allah. Oh, okay, well, I'm awesome here. Uh, so I'm Laika. Wa alaikum salam. Thank you, ma'am. Oh, he absolutely is an attorney. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> Let's see. We're going to, we don't even have enough time to go back over his uh, resume. So <laughs> we're going to go to, oh, yes, sir. No, no, I, I just I, I know that last call over there was that was real funny. Uh but I just wanna always make our show correct and right and exact. That was actually I know everybody made memes on Facebook, but that was actually a speech that uh former President Trump made in North Carolina to a Republican Party and there was people thought that he had them on, but he actually everybody, you know, it was a whole thing about it. He actually had his pants on right. And I'm only saying this because we want to make sure how oh, it is important. correct. That that's all. I can care less if it was on right or right, no, but we need that to. was. Yeah, I just want to make sure we have our own fact checks. Yeah, we're we're an investigative program too, so we yeah I, I, we we definitely will fact check things. So we, lest we be accused of making mockery, because we don't like that he said of us. Exactly. And, and 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 he's got enough wrong with him. We don't need to come up with anything. But so, <laughs> so let's go back to the uh, phones and let's talk with uh, Brother Hoyle, one of the nation's uh, top fishermen, and he has thank a you, comment. Sister, on the praises. Assalamu alaikum and beautiful cast, beautiful. A uh, show, uh, praise is due to Allah. Sister Ava, what did Donald Black Mama say in the judgment? Everything will tell off on itself. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> yeah, um, I wanted to, um, on the last show Tuesday, I talked about if anybody wanted uh, a waiver, the Solari Report has a um, waiver for school and employee, you know, a waiver for that. But um, I wanted to bring up this article by the, Defender, Sister Ava, uh, and this, I don't know if you heard about it, but it's the same thing. Your article is beautiful. I want to commend you on that. Um, This is from the Defender. It says, young adults shun COVID-19 vaccine as White House warns of risk. This is from Robert Kennedy's, and it says, young adults in Generation Z are refusing the COVID-19 shot at a higher rate than any other group in a development that may Many public health experts and the White House officials worry could prolong the virus and spread, lead to dangerous new mutations. For young people who may think this is, doesn't affect you, listen up, please, the virus in a mild case. So this is something that's not to say, you know, Joe Biden. And then also in the Defender uh, website, it says to say the CDC admits teens vaccinated with the Pfizer and Moderna at higher risk of heart inflammation. And this was reported. Yes. I know this is in the paper. You know, the CNN reported it, too. But, um, you know, all this stuff, um, this, I mean, it, it's out here. I mean, the 5,165 deaths, all of the 
accidental uh, hospitalization, 17,000. That's probably part of it. You know, that's just an a inkling of what we're getting. So, um, yeah, 1%. 1%, right. And um, I wanted to know uh, maybe uh, in the future, uh, could we still use our waiver, Sister Ava, you know, the one, uh, the Nation of Islam waiver uh, in the future? Or um, uh, what, what, uh, I know we have one, but uh, are we going to, you know, I don't know, are we working? I know Dr. Lean was talking about it, but uh, maybe if we could get something, you know, will that be something in the future for the nation and our people, or will we work on one with the, the well, attorneys? I, I like think this? we're going to, yeah, we probably should do a more detailed program on it. And I, I know when my daughter uh, needed uh, to use a religious exemption, in fact, in high school uh, and, as well as in, in college, uh, it was, she got a, a, a letter from that was signed by Minister Ishmael Muhammad. Okay. On, okay. on the nation's okay. letterhead. And as has been okay. noted uh, in, as uh, Brother Michael said at the, the early part of this program, um, mm-hmm. our, we're required, um, religious exemptions have to be honored unless yes, unless you can be found to just be invoking it simply to get out of something. But as was found in the the uh, monumental Muhammad Ali case uh, when he refused to go into the military, you know, during the Vietnam War based on religious and a conscientious exe- objection. But we are so steeped in our faith. And as Brother Michael uh, read from and quoted from the Holy Quran, we're required to obey the messenger of Allah. And in fact, that's said over and over in the Quran. And and in some uh, verses, he says to obey the messenger is to obey Allah. And Mm -hmm. the minister didn't make a recommendation. He gave a directive. And it it really went beyond our circle to all black, all indigenous people of this planet. But if we are a registered member of the Nation of Islam, this is an absolute command Mm -hmm. that we do this. You know, and so uh, the the fact that we we must obey the messenger, along with the fact that, um, as Brother uh, Student uh, General Counsel Abdu'arf Muhammad brought up the other night um, on a time for justice, that this is about life and what I just read from the minister. You only have one life and you, you we're obligated to fight for our lives. Yes, ma'am. So this is why we publish this death toll that's climbing every day. Um, mm-hmm. And remember this vaccine just started being administered the end of December. Of, mm-hmm. of of 2020. It's only been around six months. So yes, it's ma'am. killing about a thousand people a month, but it's really, that's, again, the, the U.S. government's telling you that's probably 1% of, right. of the actual numbers, you see. 
But we'll yes, we'll have something. We're also going to publish the Children's Health the uh, Fence letter in the next issue. They have a letter that is for employers and schools, colleges and universities, uh, regarding stating the law to them. Okay. That you you and and, and our brothers uh, mentioned it earlier in this program. You can't mandate an experimental vaccine. Mm-hmm. This is experimental. I think it took 30 or 40 years to get the polio vaccine done, and then the first batch was contaminated with a carcinogen. And the Honorable Elijah Muhammad, all he said was don't take it. He didn't offer any explanation. That's right. He said, don't take the polio vaccine. Now, here's a disease that's ravaging the landscape. Children are being paralyzed by it. Okay? They can't. So everybody's celebrating this vaccine. And the vaccine's mm-hmm. working. Mm-hmm. So here comes the Honorable Elijah Muhammad in the middle of all this and says, don't take it. Now, imagine that. Listen, mm-hmm. listen. That's right. Listen. But at That's the right. time, it, it, this thing was was eradicating. It was wiping polio. It was kicking polios behind. Come on, come but on. But lo and behold, it contained one of the most deadly carcinogens in the world. It was contaminated with it, the SV40. Mm-hmm. And it was not until 30 years later that the public found out. It was known in wow. NIH, Fauci's uh, department. They knew about it. It was a female researcher. Mm-hmm. Very early in the in the use of the vaccine. Said this stuff this stuff is killing all the mice and rats and everything. They all dying of brain tumors. Then lo mm. and behold, we have an outbreak of cancer in in this country and around the world that has never gone away. And as Dr. Ridgely uh, wrote in his article in the final call, that's why you got to have the final call newspaper because you're never going to get what you get from there anywhere else. That's right. But Dr. Ridgely Muhammad put in there, he said, you know, there was a time when cancer was referred to by black people as a white man's disease. Woo. Listen, come on. Now it now it belongs to us. While it's dropping mm-hmm. with them, it is increasing decade after decade in us. Mm-hmm. And that is because we live with God's enemy. That's right. As the minister said, as long as we live with white people, we will live under white people. And now we are absorbing all of their illnesses and diseases because mm. we we ignored the messenger of Allah in the 60s when he said, do not fall for their hypocritical offer of integration. Integration, he called it a sin. He didn't mm. call it a bad political move. He said it is a sin which means it is a transgression against God. Mm-hmm. To lay up 
with God's enemy. Sleeping with the enemy. Sending our children for him to educate. Sending our children for him to feed. Sending our children to him so he can traffic them. Kill them and sell their organs. That's right. And you'll you'll never get a frog to let you have his baby without fighting you to the death. That's right. A bumblebee, Mm -hmm. an ant, a, Mm -hmm. a snake, a bear. They will fight you to the death if you try to come near their children. That's right. They're offspring. We're the only ones on the earth. And that's why we're called sheep in the Bible, because the sheep is the only animal on the planet where a wolf can come right up in the middle of the herd, kill a lamb, and eat it Mm. while the sheep Mm. stand around and watch. That's who we are. Mm. Well, but we run around talking about, I got my vaccine. <laughs> That's, yeah, you got it all right, because now we're being purged. Yes, ma'am. Sister Ava, I want to say that. Uh, Dr. Dr. Lee mentioned that all those people who took that vaccine are spike protein super spreaders. And say the third That's wave, exactly the second wave. And, and and the second wave are the chemtrails, and when the chemtrails have the mold, and and it's going to be mass death with the, the people that took the vaccine, and then the third wave is the complications from the vaccine, period. So, yeah. And that's yeah. why we have to get away from people yeah. who are being vaccinated. See, this, this, is, this is when he said separation uh-huh. or death. That's right. But Dr. Ava, the the thing I don't want anybody to forget is what you just said, and it is so profound. I I really hope everybody heard it. Is that this disease was running rapid, killing folks, people dropping dead. So you can't deny that people were dying from something, a disease, and then there's this miracle. Miracle cure that when you take it, yes. it's stopping it. It's stopping it, and it looks mm-hmm. on the surface as how in the world you gonna tell me not to take something that is working? Mm-hmm. In this moment, thousands and millions of people have died, and now I'm taking shots, and nothing is happening, and we're going to go back to normal, and you're telling me not to take something mm-hmm. that has now. Start saving lives. So, and, and, and I'm bringing this point up, Dr. Abel, because the way you just laid it out, if you, if we just need to replay that on Sunday or on multiple yeah, broadcasts, right. <laughs> because I'm, but I'm saying that because we follow the messenger of God with suspicion and doubt, and I'm saying this is for mm-hmm. not the the quote unquote non-followers of the minister and the Messiah. I'm saying for the followers. We are seeing death, and then we're seeing this drug that we're instructed not to take, but it's actually stopping seemingly COVID. 
and then as you laid out, on, what, what happens is just like those baby planes. They have bombs on them, but they on a timer because when they hit, they don't immediately explode. They drill down. Right. And mm-hmm. then they explode. So something has been drilled mm-hmm. in you in a few days. The explosion is going to happen, but on the surface, it looks like, oh, no, y'all crazy. Because the medical people, we know, is working. We can see the data that everything is really okay. So I'm, I, just, I just needed to say that again, because as I heard you lay it out I'm so clearly, the way you laid it out so clear that we don't remember that, and people will argue about how that happened and say, no, nah, don't worry about that, because we, we learned from that and we got it better, as though the devil is still – that's why the minister is so important, because if you can't fathom and you don't even believe that the white man is the devil, then you will not even believe that what we're talking about is even feasible or fathomable to be done to a whole people. But when you know it – exactly. You don't question. You're like, well, the minister knows something that we don't because he's a voice of God. That's right. And I, I just, I, I'm sorry for taking that, but it just, the way you laid it out, no, it's, because, it's it, 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 because people are getting, people are not having COVID and people are feeling okay. People are taking off their masks. Numbers are looking like they're going down because we're not mm-hmm. looking at the little 5,000 over here. Yeah, the 5,000, but that's some other complications. But the masks are people are getting well. Seemingly, mm-hmm. yeah, and and of course the the five thousand. Yes, they say well we, but they've been they've given out two hundred million doses. Come on, listen. That's that's the response. But of course, if if you lost somebody, you know this this country came to a halt. Right after nine yes, eleven. Right. Came to a halt. When 3,000 people plus lost their lives in the World Trade Center. So don't you downplay 5,000 deaths? That's right. Yes, and, and here's the thing. Mm-hmm. This ain't mm-hmm. from a virus. This is from a product you made. And you That's lured right. them. You cajoled them. You coerced them. You frightened them. These are 5,000 people that were just living their lives. That's right. And you Mm -hmm. said, come over here. What did the devil say? I only called you and you came. That's what he's going to say. Exactly. In a couple of days when that plane starts moving over this continent, and we better not be found next to them. Because if you think those pilots are going to say, oh, look, that's a, oh that's somebody black. No, they're taking out cities, okay? We better be in an identifiable territory with that star crescent flying. Trust and believe. That's right. If you're anywhere else, you're going down, or and me too, we're all going down with them if we persist in being among them. The ball right. is in right. our court. Can I, can I lose right. something we discussed on Tuesday? Oh, yes, sir. Sorry, I'm going to be yelling. Um, yes, sir, go right in. We, we, <laughs> no, but it, 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 it's on this whole subject of of, uh, of separation. 
most, if not all, of the so-called leadership of the so-called Negro are educated in the white man's institutions and his universities. And we and we can't mm-hmm. overlook the value of a teaching. Sure. When we talked when we talked on Tuesday about how the black man thought as he emerged from slavery, he wanted to get the hell away from white folks. The yes. reason they, Andrew, right. Andrew Jackson went and fought in Florida was because the slaves in Georgia were running away from the plantation to go live with the Indians in Florida and form a Seminole nation. The black man flocked to Oklahoma, which was Indian territories, so they could get away from white folk and form a reality of their own. And as we know, that that's resulted in Black Wall Street. But they didn't even yes, want Oklahoma to become a state in the United States because they knew the southern white man would move there with their racism and white supremacy. So we wanted to get yes. away. We wanted to be separate. When they asked him in, in Atlanta after Sherman marched through, what do you want? They said, we want our 40 acres separate from white people. We want to live amongst ourselves and right. our, our own reality. Yet we have evolved with this integration to want to live with our open enemy. And, and I submitted then, I submit now, with the publication of Gunnar Mordahl's work of American Dilemma, in which he reached the conclusion that the best way for the race problem in America was for the quote-unquote Negro to assimilate into the dominant white man's culture. That became the teaching yes. paradigm in all of the institutions henceforth. And our leaders went and got indoctrinated with that teaching and have led our picture right. to what, um, what the minister <laughs> Martin Luther King said was a house that was burning down. That's right. Yes, sir, teach. Well, we, listen, we're running out. Time flies when you're learning. Um we got the national correspondent for the Final Call newspaper on the line, so I wanted to get her in before we close out. Our dear sister Charlene Muhammad. Assalamu alaikum. Walaikum salam, Minister Avery, to the entire Elevated Places team and panel. How are you all? Oh, wonderful, man. Good. Thanks to Allah. Praise. This conversation is so, I'm talking about on fire. I really am appreciating everything. And I wanted to share, you know, the way it goes. Are you paying attention or or noticing, too, that when when the enemy is trying to do something, for instance, they've released Pfizer's uh, emergency use for their vaccines in 12-year-olds, right? Now Dr. Fauci is on the news saying that this new variant or this variant in uh, they call it the Delta variant is spreading here among young people as young as 12. And and I just look at the news and roll my eyes like you're kidding me because it keeps feeding the ground for our people, as you're saying, and it's able just to go along with this, you know. Um, but in the meantime, they're rejecting the vaccine on some level because look in the Democratic Republic of the Congo, 1.3 million doses for AstraZeneca, they have to send it back. In Mississippi, over 800,000 doses they're sending back. Johnson & Johnson, 500,000 doses. They're, they, they're saying they can't use them before they expire. So if people could just hold right. on and listen to what you all are saying and we could spread the word about 
you know, a time for justice in elevated places. Um, because one thing you mentioned, Minister Ava, that made me think about it, you know, what we're taught, we're, we're easy to lead in the wrong direction and hard to lead in the right direction because they are lying 100%. Frontline organizations that have uh, served their life for black people going along with this, but a lot of it has to do with the money that they've sent down in addition to the belief. Mm-hmm. But I'll, I'll keep, I'll let it go there. I just want to say thank you all. And that was some things that you made me think about and about four points as I thought about them, each of you spoke on them. So thank you very much. Well, we also uh, want to repeat, we noted earlier is very important as a big story in the current final call in the COVID section that Sister Charlene is reporting on and wrote on that lawsuit that that the medical professionals in Houston filed against the hospital there. And and th- this is you're going to see how critical this legal action is as as things move forward, because it, it, it always takes somebody to step up. Somebody's got to step up and step out, and over a period of time, it ignites and then eventually reaches uh, what Brother Minister Jabril Muhammad talks about all the time, critical mass. And there's no question that the pushback on this vaccine from different walk of life uh, that the synagogue of Satan didn't expect because you're talking about a, a battle of the minds between Allah and Satan. And Satan, as Honorable Elijah Muhammad said, you can't fathom his depths. But there's one who's going to pound him into dust, and that is Allah, God. And so they never dreamed that Farrakhan would step up. They never dreamed that black people would take this posture. And the so-called Trump people... And and then there's a whole other group of medical and health warriors who have been fighting vaccines for years before there ever was a COVID. And so now all of these forces are coming out and saying, you all are liars. We're in a time when we have to stand with any and everyone that tells the truth. But thank you, Sister uh, Charlene, for calling in. And uh, we want, uh, yes, ma'am. We want all of you to tune in on Tuesday night right here on Elevated Places Network. Just call the same number you called, logged in the same place you logged in tonight, but do it on Tuesday at 7 Central, 8 Eastern for a Time for Justice hosted by Sister Attorney Pamela Mohammed, next Tuesday's guest is the General Counsel for the Nation of Islam, Brother Abdul Arif Mohammed. But we want to thank our powerful, brilliant brothers, Attorney Michael K. Mohammed and Attorney Warren F. Mohammed, for all of the insight and guidance that they gave our awesome audience. And of course, you, the listeners, and all of you logged in. You make this program the success that it is. And so we want to thank our executive producer, Sister Rona Muhammad, who's doing 50. You talk about multitasking. Look it up in the dictionary. You'll see Sister Rona's picture next to it. (laughs) And, of course, my 
wonderful, inimitable co-host, Brother Terrence Muhammad. Congratulations, Sister Attorney Pamela, on the upcoming program. And brothers and sisters, visit me on ministerava.com. My latest ebook, Weapons of Self-Destruction, a guidebook for women in the war against negative internal forces. May Allah bless all of us with love and the light of understanding. Stay safe and stay together. Assalamu alaikum. Wa alaikum.